From South Carolina Public Radio, this is the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on July 17, 2023, from South Carolina Public Radio studios here in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. This episode features a look at members from our congressional delegation and the debate over the National Defense Authorization Act last week that narrowly passed the U.S. House. And we go on the campaign trail to Iowa. No, we didn't, but we kind of did. Where several Republican presidential candidates participated in a forum hosted by former Fox News personality Tucker Carlson. The lead loves hearing from everyone. We love hearing from you guys on your vacations, what you're up to. School's almost back in session soon. I'm not going to say it's almost there, but BTS is happening, folks. Let us know what's going on in your dog days of summer. 803-563-7169. Give us a shout. We'd love to hear from you. Last week, the U.S. House of Representatives narrowly passed its National Defense Authorization Act after substantial partisan squabbling. The bill authorizes the spending of $874 billion on national defense and $32 billion for national security programs at the Department of Energy. The bill would also give members of the armed services a 5.2% pay increase. The vote was so close because right-wing members of the Republican Party of the House Freedom Caucus pushed several amendments, which were adopted that prohibit the Department of Defense to pay for service members' travel to obtain an abortion, a legal medical procedure, and outlaw paying for gender-affirming care for transgender troops, as well as defunding diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts and LGBTQ programs. 5th District Congressman Ralph Norman was successful in several of those amendments and also limiting what kind of flags can be flown at a military base. The military uh, is supposed to be the strongest, uh, the meanest, the greatest men who put their lives on the line. And the fact that we are diverting money to, for transgender surgery, we diverted money for abortions, ended. And with Ronnie Jackson's amendment, uh, it was, was something that it's amazing we have to do this to even debate this issue. But we did. Uh, our message to the Biden administration, we're not going to surrender America. Uh, it's time to fight. And we, we, the people you have behind me in the Freedom Caucus are willing to do that. I will also say that what Coach Turbeville is doing in the Senate uh, is sending such a positive message. Uh, business as usual is over with. And I hope other senators will join him in holding up the woke, uh, unbelievable, crazy agenda uh, that this Biden administration has had. The House voted 219 to 210, with four Democrats joining Republicans and four Republicans voting against the measure with Democrats. The usual bipartisan must-pass military authorization bill became a vehicle for political posturing and failed attempts to stop supporting the Ukrainian fight against Russia more than 17 months into the war. Georgia Republican Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene saw several of her Ukraine-related funding amendments shot down. It's approximately 10 times the cost of building our own border wall. But today we are debating the National Defense Authorization Act that contains even more money to be sent to Ukraine, while the $113 billion already authorized has not yet even been spent. The amendment I'm offering today will pull the $300 million in the funding to Ukraine from the National Defense Authorization Act. 
The National Defense Authorization Act is one of the most important funding bills that Congress passes year after year. This is the funding of our nation's defense. This is the funding for the Department of Defense. This is the funding for the good men and women who serve in our military. The Department of Defense website makes its mission clear. It says that its mission is to deter war and protect our nation's national security. With the Department of Defense mission being very clear in stating what the mission is, no money funding and fueling the Ukraine war belongs in our National Defense Authorization Act because this is for our nation, not for another nation, not for Ukraine. Ukraine is not the 51st state. Second District Congressman Joe Wilson argued against MTG's amendment on the House floor. As a 31-year Army veteran myself and a grateful father of four sons who have served overseas in Iraq, Afghanistan, and Egypt, I believe very much in the principles of Ronald Reagan, peace through strength. I'm very grateful that, in fact, President Donald Trump was the first person to recognize and try to stop the war in Ukraine. He sent Javelin missiles to stop Putin, war criminal Putin. He put American troops in Poland, which had the effect of stopping war criminal Putin. He also warned the Chancellor of Germany, Angela Merkel, and others that Nord Stream 2 should be closed and stopped to avoid the funding of any war by war criminal Putin. And so in that tradition, I would uh, oppose any cutting of the defense because we know this is a worldwide war that we're in of authoritarians versus democracies. This is not a war we chose. The anti-Ukraine amendments didn't pass, and the massive defense authorization bill now heads to the democratically controlled Senate. First Congressional District Representative Nancy Mace was on Fox once again saying how such posturing and fighting over abortion and the NDAA will negatively affect people like her in purple districts, as well as others. As a woman, as a female lawmaker, as a suburban mom, as a girl mom, we can walk and chew gum at the same time. We can be pro-life and be pro-woman, but so far this year, I'm asking my colleagues tonight and every night, what are we doing for women, especially in states where, for example, they've banned abortion, what are we doing to make sure women have greater, better, cheaper, more access to birth control? Instead of playing these games with whatever woke means, whatever the flavor of the day for woke is that day in the NDAA or any other bill that we're working on, we've got to be balanced to show that we are, we care about women and we can be pro-life. We can do both at the same time. And for my colleagues that are forcing some of these votes and some of these amendments, it makes it very difficult for us to hold on to the majority because the vast majority of Americans aren't with us. I mean, 90% of America is somewhere in the middle, mm -hmm. especially on women's issues. And sure. we have to show, even if we're pro-life, that we care about women. And we have yet to do that this year. Now let's go from Congress to the campaign trail with the announcement that the Iowa caucuses are less than six months away. Yeah. Hey, come on, guys. Come on. Please, please clap. Come on. But, hey, come on. Please clap. Boo. To commemorate this milestone, I'm taking you back to the Hawkeye State. No, sadly, I'm not there, but I did watch hours and hours of Blaze TV on Friday since they co-hosted a candidate forum in front of some 2,000 evangelicals gathered at the Family Leadership Summit in Des Moines. Half a dozen presidential candidates were individually interviewed before the crowd by former Fox News personality Tucker Carlson, his first big splashy public foray since leaving the network earlier this year. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Oh, 
Thank you. Meanwhile, the Wall Street Journal reports that Carlson is in the process of raising hundreds of millions of dollars for a new media venture. More to come on that. We saw our homegrown candidate, Senator Tim Scott, and former Governor Nikki Haley participate, as well as Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and biotech entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy, as well as former Vice President Mike Pence and former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson. The popular Republican Governor Kim Reynolds also spoke and even used the stage to sign the six-week abortion ban that the Iowa legislature just passed after she called lawmakers back in for a special session. Sound familiar? Now, former President Donald Trump was invited but cited a scheduling conflict with the Turning Point USA conference in West Palm Beach, even though he didn't speak until Saturday and other folks who spoke in Des Moines also attended Turning Point. Anyway, he didn't attend, which adds a bit of an insult to Iowans who have elected him twice, and he recently hit Governor Reynolds for not endorsing him, even though she's pledged to be neutral in this race. Now, just a little background on Reynolds. She was lieutenant governor in 2016 when Trump nominated her predecessor, Terry Branstad, to become ambassador to China. Sound familiar? <laughs> now, Senator Tim Scott was the first on stage, and like with other candidates, Carlson focused pretty heavily on one topic during most of his time with these folks. For Scott, it was the war in Ukraine, on the news that President Joe Biden authorized the U.S. military to call up 3,000 reserve troops to support operations in Europe. It's not clear whether these troops will be deployed, but Carlson doesn't let that pesky fact get in the way of his questioning. Yeah, so I would say that without any question, we should never allow American soldiers to be engulfed into the challenge between Ukraine and Russia. Our boots on the ground should not be there. The ability... My mama wanted to preach or someone will stand up and do it the southern <laughs> way. Preach! Hallelujah! So, literally, so I think one of the failures of President Biden has been his inability to articulate America's national vital interest in the conflict or the genocide in Ukraine. America's national vital interest is degrading the Russian military. When we degrade the Russian military, we make sure that our home front is safer and that our NATO ally partners that would cause us to send soldiers over is safe. Scott mentioned that part of the vital national interest in having the United States support the Ukrainians is to deter the growth of a new axis of evil with Russia, Iran, and China. Carlson also couldn't pin Scott down on whether he wouldn't have sent cluster bomb munitions to Ukraine like the Biden administration has recently authorized. The faster we get to peace, the better off we are. What we don't want to do, from my perspective, is allow ourselves to ask for a premature peace that cannot be achieved as the alliances continue to come together. Uh, to the extent that we can find our path out of this situation, the better off we are. So what's the point at which we'll know that we've achieved our goal? Just, and, and I say that within the context of having watched 20 years of occupation in Afghanistan, where nobody could answer the question, what's the point? Yes. And no one in Congress ever asked that question, amazingly. So what is, the goal, what is the specific goal here? Yeah, so I would say that the objective should be for Zelensky and Ukraine to be able to achieve victory by maintaining as much of their territory as they possibly can, and then seeing the resources that we've deployed, along with our Western alliances, achieving the peace that I believe comes when you get these two folks to sit down and have a conversation that allows them to determine where those lines will be drawn for the next hundred years. 
Scott at times would answer questions from Carlson by standing up and pacing the stage, looking out to folks and reciting his talking points, kind of preventing Carlson from being able to easily interject and move him away from those talking points. But also, this was a venue where candidates didn't have a chance to give opening remarks, so kind of understandable that you want to get your own message out there, not one warped by Carlson. Now, Carlson also asked about the homelessness problem, and Scott said a lot of that stems from drugs that cross our southern border. Over 100,000 Americans have lost their lives to overdoses in the last 12 months. 70,000 Americans have lost their lives because of fentanyl. We could stop fentanyl from crossing over our southern border by closing our southern border. Building a wall for under, this nation spends $7 trillion it would take $10 billion to finish the wall, and for an additional $5 billion, we could use the available technology to surveil, to surveil our southern border and our ports of entry to slow down fentanyl from coming into our country. This is a part of that mental health epidemic that we face. Six weeks into his presidential campaign, and Senator Tim Scott announced that he has over $21 million cash on hand after raising $6.1 million in the second quarter. Scott, like Haley and DeSantis and Trump, have all met the donor and polling requirements to be on the debate stage this August. And just a little reminder, Scott launched his bid in mid-May and is starting to generate a little bit more attention as momentum cools for DeSantis. Now, when it comes to gender issues, that's pretty much all Carlson focused on with former Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson, who is one of the most moderate Republicans in the race, and his polls reflect that popularity, hovering right at 1%. Carlson's first question was about a bill Hutchinson vetoed as governor dealing with puberty blockers and gender-affirming care, and here's his response. Parents ought to raise their children. I believe that parents ought to be in control, and I also believe in the Constitution. I believe that God created two genders and that there should not be any confusion on your gender. But if there is confusion, then parents ought to be the one that guides the children. That to me is an important fundamental principle. Now obviously you could take it too far and if there would have been a bill that said uh, you uh, should not ever have transgender surgery as a minor, I would sign that admit because no parent should be able to consent to that permanent change. But this bill did go too far. It was unconstitutional. It interfered with parents. And so I sided with parents on that bill in, in managing the most sensitive issue that a parent can face. And I believe in a limited role of government. And so, you know, if I don't think that California ought to be able to tell parents you need to have gender-affirming care for the children. The government should not do that. And in the same way, let's keep the government out of it unless it's that extreme case, and let's let parents guide the children. I stand with parents. Carlson also called transgender issues the biggest issue in the country and central to the ongoing debate in America. There was a lot of back and forth on what children and families should do regarding these issues, and the discussion got a bit tense, but remained civil. Carlson also got personal by asking Hutchinson about his COVID jab history. So take a listen to this tete-a-tete. Um, one of the powers that government did usurp uh, over the past several years is, is the right to decide what medicine you take in the form of, of COVID mandates. 
Um, how did you feel about that? And how many COVID shots did you take? And how do you feel about it now, in retrospect? How many COVID shots did you take? Zero. But, but I think it's fair, and I, and I can see that you recoiled when I asked you that question. Um, and I don't think, honestly, you should be asking people about their medical care, but that became a, a matter of public policy. And I do think that the whole country ought to pause and assess, like, what did we just go through? What, How do we feel about it now? And so it's a very straightforward question. Well, I'll give you a straightforward okay. answer on uh, a number of points there. Uh, first of all, uh, in Arkansas, we had no governmental mandates. In fact, we passed a law, that, which I signed, that prohibited government from mandating uh, the vaccine to be taken by government employees. Moments before he took the stage, former Vice President Mike Pence texted me, quote, I want to raise $5,000 before I go live with Tucker Carlson from Iowa. Chip in $1 and stream the interview here. Quote, dude, you've been like texting me daily since June 23rd and I haven't responded. Come on, like, why are you so obsessed with me? <laughs> but if you've seen Pence's latest second quarter fundraising numbers, you would know why. Because he only raised $1.2 million since launching his bid that first week of June and hasn't reached that 40,000 donor threshold yet to qualify for the August Republican debate. But Pence brought some confidence and fire to the summit of evangelicals. Those are his people now. Like Tim Scott, he can throw out a Bible verse and get biblical on the spot. But most of Tucker's questions centered around January 6th, the 2020 election, and integrity of elections. And Pence, who was essentially served up to rioters by his boss, Donald Trump, who insisted he not certify and overturn election results, something he doesn't have the power to do, had this to say about January 6th. Now, as to that day, let me just say, uh, all I know for sure, having lived through it at the Capitol, is that it was a tragic day. Um, I've never used the word insurrection, Tucker, over the last two years, but it was a riot that took place at the Capitol that day. I saw firsthand in the, where they'd evacuated us down to the loading dock below the Senate chamber, police officers that, as the day wore on, were streaming through 150 law enforcement officers that were assaulted. Obviously, the tragic loss of life ransacking the Capitol that occurred. But I really do believe that a day of tragedy became a triumph of freedom. And I'll always believe that by God's grace, I did my duty that day under the Constitution of the United States of America and our institutions held. Tucker's ability to have all the right answers got Pence, who can garner a temper behind closed doors but not so much publicly. At times, he was kind of running out of patience. Take, for example, Carlson trying to hammer Pence on not doing more to call Ukraine for religious persecution of Christians. You have a good faith position on this, and we have disagreements on it, but I want to just, I, I can't let you elide over the question of the treatment of Christians. And I, I know, I, I heard and that would again, you be, well, No, but hold on. Would you, you, would you be willing? The problem is you don't accept my answer. I just told you that I asked the religious leader in Kiev if it was happening. You asked me if I raised the issue, and I did. And I'm saying I also raised it with incorrect. the Ukrainians, and I was told that there are, there are religious leaders who have been working with the Russian military that is murdering people by the thousands. Okay. I mean, Tucker, look. Uh, Wait, but hold on. Don't you think Let me explain to you what I think our national interest is there. I would think you would have greater concern for religious liberty in Ukraine. And I'm surprised I, I by I told you answer. I raised the um, issue of religious liberty. No, you spoke to one person who's clearly I didn't on say one I side of it. Person. And I, there are many, many news reports that are not disputed by anybody that 
right. many clergy have been arrested in Ukraine. And I'm merely saying, I may not agree with their views, I'm not Russian Orthodox, but you can't arrest clergy for having different views, period. Because if you do, you violate the basic tenet of look, religious I, I won't Look, I want to be clear with you. I won't stand by it. I won't stand for it. If people are being persecuted for their religious beliefs, I won't stand for it. In any country with which the country of our nation is supporting or our allies are supporting, yes. period, paragraph. Yeah, I got another text. Quote, everyone is talking about what Mike Pence just said in his interview with Tucker Carlson. You don't want to miss this. Quote, I was watching. I watched the entire thing. Okay. <laughs> now, while Carlson has tried to push candidates against Ukraine for months now, polling tells us a different story. Yeah. A Quinnipiac University poll last month showed that 66% of Americans said that supporting Ukraine was in the national interest of the United States, while just 28% said it was not. So 66% of Americans saying, yeah, we support Ukraine. Now, even among Republicans, a 52% majority said it was in our interest, compared to 40% who said it was not. Former Governor Nikki Haley wasn't asked any questions about Ukraine or even foreign policy, something she knows something about, more so than other candidates since she was the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations for the first half of President Trump's presidency. Instead, Carlson opened with some 2020 election questions that kind of came across as odd. They are saying that Joe Biden got 81 million votes. And my question is, do you accept that? And second, how do you think he did that? I mean, all I care about is changing that. Like, I right. don't, we can't afford a President Kamala Harris. I will say that over and over. Amen. And we have to do everything we can to make sure that that happens. But as a mechanical question, it's not a trick question, it's just like the mechanics of it, something you're thinking about since you're running. I don't think anyone would say Joe Biden was a great candidate. No. Didn't campaign. He didn't campaign at all. He was not a figure who commanded respect among Democrats. They made fun of him. I'm not attacking the guy, but that's true. Right. Nobody in Washington said, I want my kid to grow up to be Joe Biden. <laughs> and yet, at the end, he's got 81 million votes. 15 million more than Barack Obama, who, whatever you think of him, was a very talented politician, and I think smart. So, like, how did he do that? And what can we learn from that? Well, I, what you can learn from it is what we did in South Carolina. I said in South Carolina, if you've got to show picture ID to buy Sudafed, if you've got to show picture ID to get on a plane, you should have to show picture ID to protect the integrity Amen. of the election process. So, you know, and we have to make sure election integrity is something we don't ever stop. You have to continue over and over. We've had some states who've done some great things and they put voter ID in place and that's been great. We still have some other states who haven't done anything. Haley did say that she believed there were irregularities and issues in the 2020 election, but not on the level that would have fundamentally changed the outcome of the election. Haley was able to play Carlson's game, keep her cool, crack jokes, and get the audience on her side as well. For example, Haley was even able to flex her West Wing creds when Carlson asked her about the recent discovery of cocaine in a locker there. No one is accusing the, well, the Bidens aren't being accountable on anything. I mean, you look at the cocaine that was just found in there, and that's a whole nother issue. Who, uh, whose was that? So let me tell you this. No. Oh, go, go ahead. No one's watching. Just what do you think? No, it's, this is really important because I have been into that area of the White House. This is and not. it's party time. As much as they want to say, and, and don't forget the pot that they just said was found there last year, right? So. Everything that they're saying is that hundreds of people went through this area. No, I've been to that area. It is the most secure area 
anywhere because this is where I on the National Security Council with other members of National Security met with the president. You discussed the most secure things. I know the area where the locker is. People don't just go in and out of there. It is either the president, the vice president, cabinet, developed you know, cabinet members, or deputy directors. Nobody else is going in there. There is some staff, but it's immediate to, I couldn't take any staff but my deputy. The president would take his chief of staff, very limited. So for them to say they don't know who this was, don't tell me there's no cameras in there. There are absolutely cameras in there. So I will tell you, I strongly believe this is a cover-up for either some, for either Hunter or someone very close to the president, and they don't want to say who it is. Now, because this section is running long and I'm actually running out of time, we're going to forego DeSantis's comments from the summit and opt to use his comments from his events this week in South Carolina, where he held a town hall in Tika K on Monday afternoon, then filed for the South Carolina primary on Tuesday. DeSantis, who is already looking to shape up his staff and media strategy due to some stagnation, will be sitting down with CNN's Jake Tapa on Tuesday afternoon. And we'll bring you biotech entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy's comments in Saturday's podcast. Looking ahead to the campaign trail in the Palmetto State this week, former Governor Nikki Haley will rally in Greenville Thursday evening, and former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie will hold his first town hall in the state Friday evening in Columbia. We'll be there. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. We're glad you're here. AT, I wish you were here, but you're still in Maine, my friend. Uh, yes, Ugh, wires got crossed. I got on a plane and it just did some loops and came back. No, uh, Caitlin, our, our flight got canceled. We're <gasps> stuck in Maine and the earliest flight home is Tuesday uh, mid-afternoon. There apparently a bunch of storms rolled through. What? I don't know. It, it was it was nice up here. So I've say. been stuck here. It's all right. It's all right. I'm Worst not going to complain. places to be stuck. Just, Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. At least it's like uh, my family's house and it's not like I have to find a hotel or anything yeah. like that, you Ooh. know, and uh, it, it let me reach new plateaus of lobster roll consumption that, oh, I, that I, yes. I didn't think possible. So where are um, we at right now? Really quick. We are at uh, 17 lobster rolls. What? And six crab rolls. And that is that is a count between me and Caitlin. That is a couple's count. Okay. Okay. Where do you find all this time to eat all these? Where do you find all these lot? They're just you're tripping over lobster rolls? I'm double dipping. I'm double dipping. Okay. I'm, I'm going twice in a day. Three. You know. I'm going two, two in a day a lot of the time. So So then uh, even I, with the with the flight delay, you're gonna get even more before you get out of town, right? Exactly. Incredible. Yeah. This is all ploy. We just have we just have buckets of lobster in in the fridge too. So I'm gonna make a lobster roll. So I've done all this uh this R and D, all this field research, and I'm gonna create my ideal lobster roll tonight. Yeah. Oh man, so many lasers, science calipers everywhere. <laughs> Diagrams, <measuring> chalkboards, <laughs> Caitlin's sweating yeah. in a corner, you're smoking exactly, cigarettes. Exactly. Um, Erase it, do it again. <laughs> 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 They're doing it. They're actually again. doing it. Oh, wait, so it's on a roll, so it's not a sandwich, right? It's not some sort. It's not a it, sandwich. I think it's. I think it's a sandwich. Oh, okay. Uh, it's on a roll, though. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, you, no. It just uh, rolls off the tongue. Lobster roll. Lobster roll. It's yeah. so good. I don't like it. I don't. Then, 
They should call it a lobster sandwich then. <laughs> Let's, we do have a call. Are you ready, sir? A lobster sandwich would be gross. Anyway, yes, go ahead. It's like just a big lobster with shells still on. Oh. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You know you get a good one when you do bite on some shell. Oh, anyway, yeah. Gavin, yes, are yes, you ready yes. for this call? Call. All right, roll that beautiful bean footage. Hi, it's Lee. I'm, I live in Easley, South Carolina, and I just heard your most recent podcast, and Debbie called in at the end. I completely agree with her sentiments about the former president, but I disagree with her about your coverage of him giving a speech in, in Pickens. I think uh, it's, it's the only way I was going to listen to him. I wasn't going to go and support him, and uh, I thought you did a nice job covering it even-handedly. I think you did yourself a service by comparing your coverage of him giving a speech with CNN's town hall meeting. CNN promoted that, where you, you did not promote the, 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 the pronouncement, the, the speech in, in Pickens. So um, I respectfully disagree with Debbie, and uh, but I agree with her political opinions, apparently, huh? at least as far as that person goes. Thank you very much. Lee, thanks for the call. I appreciate your feedback and uh, your interpretation of the situation. I know dealing with politics and political coverage is all very tricky. We deal with it on a daily basis here, and everyone's like, oh, my God, why do you do that? And I'm like, well, it, I don't know. It just keeps keeps things interesting in life. You know, I, I'm a little sick. I'm a little <laughs> sick and hurt inside. I get and to be, I deal with it. You know, you got to get to be right there in the front row of history, and you can say, <laughs> you know, if it's a good front row or a bad front row, but, you know, it's right there. It's where everything's happening in our state. So, um I've just kind of gotten used to it at this point. I guess maybe that's why my life is the way it is. But <laughs> I'm happy to be here bringing you guys this news, uh, sacrificing my own personal sanity to do it. But, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's what it is. Thanks for the kind words, Lee. Appreciate that. I truly love that our listeners can have a civil conversation. Yes. This is a safe space to disagree where people aren't going to chop your heads off. The only place that I'm going to chop your head off is if you're trying to tell me Fast and Furious isn't good because it's about family. <laughs> okay. I thought it was going to be some sort of lobster sort of dining situation, but yeah. No, we, oh, no, the we want to create crabs, very good. that environment of civil discourse, discussion, education. That's the whole MO here, what we're trying to do. So this is, that's, that's this is, good this to hear. This is the people segment here at the Wind Down. The people <coughs> segment, okay? You're just you're just the voice for the people, Gavin. The mouthpiece <laughs> for the people, the listeners, okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's no spin zone. Um, <laughs> so AT, you're gonna be you're back this week. We're doing a podcast on oh Saturday. Uh, hopefully I'm back. Hopefully, yes, hopefully. this 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 flight doesn't. If if this flight gets canceled, I'm pretty sure Caitlin is gonna lose her mind. Yeah. Um. So, uh, I hope we survive. I hope you hear me in studio yeah. come the weekend. So, well, thank you for listening, yeah. Lee. Thank you for listening, Debbie. Again, thank you for calling in. P please call in more yes. people, okay? Please. <clears throat> and just so you know, I might have I might pick up a another vacation before we leave for Miami. <laughs> good for you. But, but we're That's not gonna break up the. We're not gonna break up the. The potty schedule, just so everyone knows, I'll just have to do it from Hilton Head, like you've done it from from Maine. So that's I, fine. I, I can't that's do fine. that. Yes, hey, you deserve that, bud. Okay, so well, hit it's, you know, with it's, the well, it's with Thank family. My family's gonna be visiting, so I said family. You know, we just talked about that. So exactly, um, exactly. But yes, thank you all. Thank you for uh, for giving us some some calls. Be like Lee. Give us a shout. 803-563-7169. We'd love hearing from you guys. And you can also show us your appreciation by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. We love that, too. And you can stay up to date with the latest news on SCTV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina.
you like I said cocaine? I did. <laughs> I actually didn't even mean to do it like that, but it's like I wanted to, but then it just cocaine. <laughs> Hold on.